Welcome to the Lift Podcast. We hope our time together will encourage you in love, inspire and foster your faith as we teach one another from the foundation of God's Word. Hi friends, we're so glad you joined us. I'm Karen and I'm here with my friends, Christy, Kimberly, and Farah. Hi guys. Hey y'all. Welcome to the third episode of the Lift Podcast. We gather monthly to lift one another as we lift high the name of Jesus. Today, we are going to look at 1 Corinthians 11 and 13 and what it looks like for us to reflect um, the Father and the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Just to give a little bit of a warning, this is a topic that Christy and Farah really love, and so there may be a little um, extra excitement today from the two of them. (laughs) We have some warning signals in case it gets uh, out of control. Um, (laughs) Farah, um, read our scriptures over us. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 12. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And then 1 Corinthians 11, 1 um, says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So these are the verses that are really springboarding our conversation today, um, just around what it looks like for us to reflect the Father and the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, this is a theme that we see reflected all throughout scripture, that as um we go through the process of sanctification, um, which is us simply becoming more like Christ, that we are called to reflect the Father and the Son. Um, So what does this look like on a daily basis? How have y'all experienced this in your daily life? Um. There are so many places um, in my daily life that this became apparent um, early on with with therapy. It would happen when I would walk into a stranger's hospital room and I learned very quickly that how I went in <laughs> really controlled the atmosphere of the interaction between me and a patient. And um, so before I would step into that room, a lot of times I would ask God, please help me to reflect you. Um, And then as I became a parent, I could see that in the interactions with my kids. But I just, I want us all to think about um, when you're in um, an argument with your spouse or your kids and, you know, they look at you with that face, what does that make you want to do? (laughs) Like, what face do you send back in their direction? The same Um, one. (laughs) How do you think they learned it? (laughs) Um, But it goes both ways for, um, for those arguments, but it also goes for um, anticipation. Anticipation is a big part of what I do now with playtime. 
and just really thinking about before you engage with someone, things that you are thankful for about them shows up on your face. And then when you start to, to be with those people, then your eyes and, and all of the extra things besides your words are speaking love to them. Um, and so when you think, I'm excited to see my spouse tonight when they get home from work. If you think that right before they get home, then your greeting for them is going to be that much better, um, that much more exciting than if you are preoccupied with worrying about your friend who is struggling with something and they're gonna walk in and your preoccupied face often looks worse than your angry face. And then they reflect that back and, and then you're off to a, an evening of, of interesting conflicts. <laughs> You've taken the low road. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken the low road, yes. And we're going to talk about that more. Christy, I think you can talk about that example right now. Yeah. Like, well, so yeah, help help us understand. I know we we were talking about. So we, when my oldest was in preschool, we had this interaction going on. It was this morning thing that I didn't like it, but I didn't really know how to change it. I was. Um, I mean, I, it was just a time in our life where we were just struggling, um, and relationally, especially in mornings were tough. So every single morning there were tears and I don't want to go to school. And I would tell myself, okay, I'm not going to scream and yell, get in the car this morning. But ultimately it would end up in the preschool fit and the mommy screaming to get out the door. And I just really did not like what was going on. And so, um, it's something that I really took to Jesus and began to pray about and just really from a place of desperation saying, I know that I have this fruit of the spirit in me through you, through your Holy spirit. And this needs to change. Um, so Sarah, walk us through. That yeah. is, um, it's, it's so hard waiting to talk about the mirror neurons later, but <laughs> we'll get to those. Um, but yes, when we, we know from all kinds of parenting books and seminars and all that kind of stuff that when our child loses it, we're supposed to remain calm. And that is not natural. Like that is something that we don't have the capacity on our own to, to really do. Yes, we are the adult, but without trying to draw it from inside ourselves, it's manipulation more when we are just trying to control them by staying calm. So our motive is to, to calm them by us staying calm. What we're talking about today in reflecting the father is that instead of me remaining calm in order to cause you to calm down, I am going to take a moment and look at the Father, and I'm going to see the Father's calmness. That's going to bounce off of me and calm you, because he is the ultimate calmer. We are not. We don't have that power in and of ourselves. And so 
that is the difference in reflecting him versus trying to calm someone else. Does that, is that clear? Like, (laughs) I mean, that's like, you're describing exactly what happened. Um, as, as we changed that dynamic, because I knew all the science behind it. Like I'm a counselor, right? And my husband's like, you're the counselor. You know, happening and um yes but when we're at when we're in the moment and we're having those interactions with our family members and our our brain just I mean it's milliseconds it's the it's the difference um in milliseconds so it's not something that we can actually track before all of a sudden before we know it and we're going to get into mirror neurons but we've we've taken the low road with those people and our brain is reflecting what they're reflecting rather than reflecting um, even our own calmness or better yet. And what we all, what we're, what we hope to have happen is the calmness of Christ and the fruit of the spirit. Because once I started sitting with him and praying for what I wanted my relationship to look like with my child you know I want to be a source of comfort to him I I understand that this is a difficult thing for him right now to go to school um but I wanted to be a source of comfort for him that's what I wanted but that's not what was happening and so but first I had to get in a place where I was comforted so being in that connection time with God. And, and like you said, it wasn't out of a place of trying to be calm. So he would be calm. It was, I am calm because I've spent time yielding to the work of the Holy spirit inside of me. And then that just naturally flowed out right um, onto him. I think too, in the moment, I mean, if you think about a mirror, it reflects what's in its environment at that moment. So even if, even if you're in that moment and you feel, you know, the tension rising or whatever, you can focus on the tension and you can be like, okay, there's tension here. So then you're reflecting the tension or you can acknowledge the fact, God, you're here, you're here in my environment. And then you're reflecting his presence, not the chaos. Chaos is there. But you can point your mirror self to the chaos, or you can point your mirror self to his presence and his, you know, and in doing that, then his calmness bounces off of your surface. Um, and you're not doing like the, the mirror does not have the capacity to shine by itself. Like, right. Okay, so yay. Can I talk about mirror neurons now? Yes, please, because I'm so ready. <laughs> can I, I'm so can excited. I, we can I interject about this, right? Uh, yes. Okay. So, wait, this, Kimberly, did Kimberly say, can she interject? Yes. Uh, I just wanted to read one thing before. I think it'll complement what you said, Vera. Um, so it's from Oswald Chambers, January 23rd. Um, it's Second Corinthians three eighteen. I think we've, we may if we haven't read it, we're going to. Um, but it says, "We all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image." And the devotional says, um, 
the outstanding characteristic of a Christian is this unveiled frankness before God so that the life becomes a mirror for other lives. By being filled with the spirit, we are transformed. And by beholding him, we become mirrors. You always know when a man has been beholding the glory of the Lord and you feel it in your inner spirit that he is a mirror of the Lord's own character. Mm. So I think, you know, leading into mirror neurons um, and even me just being in a tough place right now, um, just beholding him um, allows us to mirror, you know, his character as we sit um, in the presence of our people. So I just wanted to share that before you jumped in, Christy. I'm glad you did. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. That's so good because it's so hard to put into a podcast what we have seen him do in our daily lives. But you know, that ultimately that is the hope and, and the goal is that through just the short time together that we're able to communicate. We really are so wonderfully made and, and created to be in relationship with him. And he truly is, you know, molding us into the image of Christ and, and really changing our brains. And I think that's where Fair and I get so excited about the brain um, is how I don't need the neuroscience to tell me that God is doing this in my life. But the fact that the neuroscience lines up with what he is doing in my life and my spirit and my brain, and that he's actually changing my, my brain chemistry and the physical structure of my brain. I just get so excited about that because it's breaking chains because we, we live in this, um, time in this society where we own like we will say I I am an anxious person or I have anxiety or I am depressed and what the what scripture tells us what neuroscience tells us is that we have the ability through our thoughts and our actions to take that back to take that ground back and to change and to heal um some of these things and so and to heal relationships, to reconcile relationships and to change patterns, negative patterns that have developed in relationships. And so, so as we talk about mirror neurons, that's one of the things that, um, is Christy, sort of like keep, sorry. What are mirror neurons? Okay. So mirror neurons are, they were discovered in 1994. Um, and I love how they say they were discovered by accident by a group of scientists. Um, and in <laughs> uh, Italian scientists, they were, they were studying the brain and they realized that when they would do something, it was actually the researcher was on his lunch break and he was, he was studying the, these, um, the, some neurons in the front part of the brain. And he realized that as he was eating, the, same neurons were lighting up on the map um, of, of the test subject, and but the test subject wasn't eating. And so um, that became sort of the foundation for when we, and the scientific explanation behind empathy, um, 
love, just that, that connection that we knew was there, but we didn't have the science behind explaining that unseen connection between two people. And so it's, it's the explanation behind how we feel other people. Like I can feel what you're feeling. I feel into you. I can walk into the room and know if you're happy, if you're sad and you don't have to say a word. It's the, it's the look on your face. It's the nonverbal cues, the exchange that's happening that's unspoken between my brain and your brain. It's mirroring. Our brains are mirroring each other. It's the actions speak louder than words. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. And so when we talk about mirror neurons, and I think, you know, we, there's something else that's really kind of cool that we can learn here about the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex. So the amygdala is the part of our brain that when we flip our lid, when we flipped our switch and we're ready to fight or we're ready, you know, that it's the, that very self-protective part of our brain that just goes off quickly. Um, and Dan Siegel talks about that, flipping your lid. But that happens, that part of our brain is accessed way quicker than the prefrontal cortex. And I say way quicker, it's milliseconds. <laughs> but in brain time, that's a lot. So what Farah was talking about in the anticipation of, of that, that's engaging that prefrontal cortex ahead of time to say, okay, I'm going to be prepared for that. My brain's going to want to take the low road when my toddler's pitching a fit. And I'm, I'm going to effortfully choose a different set of neural pathways. What it's going to take, say that again. Or my teenager. Or my teenager or my husband. Um, yeah. Or the lady in Walmart, you know, like it's whoever that we are um, in, having that interaction with. Um, and it's, yeah, and it's milliseconds. So it's just, but also when we have spent time in relationship with Christ ahead of time, like Farah said, we and, and Karen and Kimberly all were saying we're setting the stage for that relationship that we're in to spill off to spill through onto those other um relationships what i love um i was on a walk uh slash run i'm a runner in progress um <laughs> what i love though is there was one day that um I was out walking and just pondering Galatians and John 15. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture, just in light of mirror neurons. Like Christy, we had just done one of your um, table talks around the mirror neurons. And even for me, how it connected the dots of what it looks like as a believer to abide in him because I just remember one of the first times reading in John, I'm like abiding in him, that invitation sounded so beautiful yet 
I didn't understand how that looked because that's my tendency is to go to the how, you know, and having spent so many years striving in my own strength to produce this fruit of the spirit, to bear the fruit that he talks about in John. And this mirror piece was so freeing um, because just like you said, Farah, about looking at him, not trying to calm myself in my own strength, but looking to his calmness and saying, Father, you are calm, you are patient, you are unsteady, and reflecting that to the person in my presence versus mustering that in my own strength. And that's where I lived for so many years, trying to muster up more patience, more love, and then it's exhausting. <laughs> And especially when you're in, whether it's a relationship with your parent, um, your spouse, a child, a coworker, you know, just someone that you interact with on a mostly consistent daily basis and your flaws are being like your lack of patience is being exposed (laughs) and you're like, I want to be more patient and I wake up every day wanting to be more patient and yet in 10 minutes, I have already been impatient. (laughs) Um, Just how life-giving it is to know that he equipped our brains. That as Kimberly, I love what you read from Oswald Chambers because um, Jen Wilkin and several other people, but the phrase that we become what we behold. Mm. And so the abiding, you know, that how piece that I was like, oh, you know, that the invitation to cease striving in our own strength and abide in him, like that's what I want. And it's really just posturing our eyes on him. And as we do that, it will come out because of a fruit grows from the seed that is implanted in it. And, um, and I was like, it's that simple. Really? Like it just, we just, we just set our mind on the word. We look at him and it's so freeing to me. I think that's what gets me excited. You know, isn't it like, I know y'all are excited about the brain and this piece, but I'm like, this is what excites me because it's just so freeing. Um, Yeah, for sure. Like the freedom that is, that comes with knowing that, that we have the power within us of Christ, like that, that actual, and he wants it for us. He wants, um, that relationship with us to spill out onto everything. And I think something that you said, we become what we behold, was that it? Yeah. So it's what that makes me think it really is so important. What we listen to, what we watch, um, what we read, the people that are around us are those things are very, um, you know, they're having an impact on us. We are giving them a lot of power just by looking at them. Yeah. Um, and I like lately I've been really chewing on this with just in regards to obedience, because for so long I thought, okay, I learned the the rules and then I, I am my power obey the rules. And I mean, it's taken 40 something years for him to get me there. And he's still, I still don't understand it 
fully, but I think that the more that I understand mirror neurons, the more that I work this out, the more that I, you know, practice the anticipation discipline, um, it really is not so much I learn what to do and then I do it as much as obedience is more of that moment by moment looking, okay, God, what are your hands doing right now? My hands are going to imitate that. What are you, what, what are you valuing right now? Okay. My values are going to imitate that. What are you, and as parents, we are, as, as human earthly parents, we are trying to prepare kids to move out on their own but I feel like with him the longer I'm with him he's like I don't expect you to do this on your own I want you to depend more on my my model than in the moment by moment and I think that is one of the reasons that I struggled so long with Moses because essentially he had done like he had gotten water from a rock one way. And so he just wanted to do it that same way. And, and I always wondered, God, why? Like, why was that such a big deal? But the more that I walk with him, the more that I see myself do that. Okay, God, we did it this way last time. I want to do it that same way on my own. And it's that I think he wants us to move into that dependence part rather than independence in obedience. And I haven't fully, like, I don't fully. I can't fully grasp it. I'm just still having a conversation with him about it. <laughs> and that, Farah, I love that because you and I have processed that together as well. Just not only do we see it in scripture, um, but, you know, I, I think in our own lives where um, we see him say just, I mean, it's that trust and trusting that that what that he's inviting us into is really I think that's what's so beautiful is that we that we can trust that what he's inviting us into is is life that it's not going to take something away from us you know in our eyes maybe it does there does seem to be a loss and there I mean there usually is but that's a temporary loss for what we get to gain um, and it, I, like, I really think that's for me, the longer I walk with him, the obedience is the trust. Um, it's not about doing the right behavior. It's, you know, trusting in his character, um, that where he's calling me, um, I can trust him, even if I don't fully understand it. I'm not trusting in my own behavior or my own strength um and i you know it's funny because as we're talking about this i'm thinking about when we have to trust him to take us to the places that we don't want to go mm -hmm. um and i've had definitely had personal experience with that and kimberly and i were actually just talking about this yesterday and when he, when he asks us to go into the, into the darkness and into those dark parts of ourselves that we've, we've guarded and we've been afraid to go, um, 
and that he has the power to take us even there and to to lead and to change um us through those spaces yes and because i mean i do think i know for me for a long time the thought of going to hard places seemed i mean i was scared of it but as i've walked with him in the hard places and now i know like he's not gonna lead me somewhere he's a good shepherd like mm -hmm. i can trust in his that in his goodness if he leads me to a place that is hard for me that it's only going to bring the right fruit um for me i just remember there was one time that like our bushes were out of control and we lived in a neighborhood where the yard maintenance like our hoa covered it because um, we were like kind of townhouse style and i mean they were crazy and they came out you know and just basically gutted the bushes by the like you know by the time they were done pruning them but it was a picture for me of just when we think about god as the the gardener and the pruner like he is gentle like he does not come with a hacksaw <laughs> and no. just, but no. we, we can trust the pruning shears in his hands we yes. can trust that when he prunes something takes something away leads us into a dark place like that he is good and i remember studying that word good and goodness and thinking like there is there is no ill like there is no um false motive there is none of that in him and so and that's what i you know just like you were saying christy that's what i love so much um just about this reflecting him piece and trusting him and walking with him well yeah. and so i think next time we're we're maybe going to get into how he aligns our thoughts to his thoughts and and rewrites our narrative around those ideas and those things and um how, how mirroring him can get us and he'll walk through those places with us because really the light is as dark um, the dark is as light to him psalm 139 and the light has overcome it yes darkness. so and we can trust that we can trust him in that and yeah Yes, we are going to have Reflecting Him Part 2 and what that looks like. Um, this is one of our favorite. We have been really excited to talk about this, as you can tell, and we have more that we want to talk about and, um, and share. Um, Christy, will you close us in prayer? Yes. So, Jesus, I just pray for all the, all the women who are, and all the men, anybody who's listening to this podcast today, um, God, that you would just help us to know that we are a reflection um, of you, that we are made in your image. God, we thank you for the way you created and designed us. God, we thank you um, that you created us to be in relationship to you. And Lord, we just pray that, um, we would remember that and that we would yield to your work in us. God, we ask for your blessing and your love over each and every 
person today as they go into the world. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next month as we continue looking at what it looks like to reflect the Father and the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. Talk to you soon, friends. Bye. Bye. See you next time. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Lift Podcast. You can stay connected with us on social media at Love Inspire Foster Teach on Instagram, as well as on Facebook. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you know when new episodes release. We release them once a month, sometimes with bonus episodes in between. We can't wait to connect with you online and lift you up as we lift high the name of Jesus.